0: This is one of those things that maybe I've put too much thought into it, maybe I have Googled too much, but there is so much here, and it is this, this topic of, of focus. And I've, I've, God has made us incredible. When, when you think about how our minds work and the functioning of our bodies, that science and the medical industry is still trying to figure out how everything works and how everything is interconnected so let me just kind of be up front with you that a lot of what I'm going to say towards the front end of this message is going to seem kind of like a little um, like a little positive thinking, like hocus pocus kind of a stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm willing to kind of go there because I think there is so much here that we don't understand about our own bodies and our own chemical makeup and all of that kind of stuff. But at the same token, Scripture and the Bible has so much to say about how our thoughts affect who we are. So. These incredible bodies that we've been gifted with, some of us more gifted than others, apparently. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate the charity laugh there. Um, We have this, this system called the reticular activating system. And it is literally a piece of your brain located in the bottom back of your brain here. And the function of that thing is to filter... What data goes into your thought-making process? So so look at these numbers. 11 million bits of data are processed by your reticular activating system every second. So out of those 11 million bits of data, your RAS, that's a lot easier to say, only allows 50 bits of data into your mind. That means that 10,999,950 bits of data are just not allowed into your thought-making process. Now, here's the thing. How does your RAS know what is important? How does it make the decision, if you will, on a per second basis, what 50 bits of data are going to go into your thought-making process? By what you focus on. Let me give you an example. Have you ever bought a new car? And you're driving down the road and all of a sudden, everybody seems to own the same car that you just bought. How are you getting all that information now when you never got it before? It's because now you're focused on the car you're driving, and now it seems like you see it everywhere. That's your RAS at work. It is now identifying bits of information based on the focus of your mind. Now, honestly, if you start thinking about this in spiritual tones, And biblical perspectives, you already see where I'm going with this. Because how important is our focus? Have you noticed that people who say, I'm always late, are always late. I just can't get a handle on my life, never seem to get a handle on their life. I just can't lose weight, are always fat. It's just, it's what we focus on. I'm bored. Then you'll probably always be bored. I never have enough money. Then you're probably never going to have enough money. Because when we focus on those things, your RAS begins to go out and look for data that supports what you're focusing on. Do you understand how that's working? So the more you're thinking about... Not losing weight, the more you are reinforcing that thought by focusing on the wrong thing. The average person has 70,000 thoughts a day. Now, here's the thing. You only have about 10 or 15 that just keep repeating themselves about 7,000 times. So you understand that the ones that you think about over and over and over again are making you into who you are as a person. So focus, the definition of focus is the center of interest or activity where attention is directed. And the second Timothy chapter 10 verse 5, the second half of the verse, which I'm calling B, says this, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And that word obedience, Paul uses it over and over and over and over again in his writings, and it literally has the idea of service. Like, I am intentionally going to think the right things so that I can be of better service to Christ. I'm going to continually focus on the right thoughts, and it's going to change my behavior. What we focus on affects our mindset. Now follow me here. So what I focus on, my RAS is going to reinforce by data that it allows into my thought process. So what I focus on becomes my mindset for my life. And whatever my mindset is then affects the actions that I do. And then the actions affect the outcome. So I'll just be all personal here, right? I can't lose weight. So that that focus that I have affects my mindset and then my mindset affects my actions and then my actions affect my outcome. That's why focus is so important because what you focus on is who you are and who you become. Proverbs 23, seven says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, the rest of that verse really didn't talk much at all about what we're talking about, but that is a great statement. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. 82% of our daily actions are conditioned responses. I know that because it said so on the internet. (laughs) So think about that. 82%... Four-fifths of everything you do, you do them because they are conditioned responses. In other words, you do them because you've always done them, right? And I can think of a dozen examples. We just do them because we've always done them. I react that way because I've always reacted that way. I drive that route to work because I've always driven that route to work. There are things that we do on a daily basis that we do on a daily basis just because we've always Done them that way. Are you a counter? Like I'm a counter. Like I count everything. I count the steps. I count lights in a room. Wow. I know that I brush my teeth 200 circles every morning. Yeah, I know it. That's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I have no I have no enamel left. It just. Uh, but I I do. I brush. I do 200 circles every morning. My shower takes me three minutes. It's like I just do the same thing. Every day. Doesn't take long to watch this. We are creatures of habit. 82% of everything you do every day, you just do because you've always done it. So if we want to change our life, Dave, that will be the last time you ever get to run the board back there. (laughs) I don't even know what's, I can't cut his pay because he volunteers. Um, (laughs) I don't know what to do about that. But if we want to change our world, we have to change our focus. And if we want to change our lives into who Christ made us to be, we have to intentionally change what we focus on. And I'll throw this out here just because it was uh, another wow-wee moment. 87% of chronic illnesses are directly related to our thought processes. Only 13% are directly attributed to genetics and diet. Think about this. 87% and here here are the illnesses. These are toxic emotions causing migraines, hypertension, strokes, cancer, skin problems, diabetes, infections, and allergies. That's a huge list. And 87% of the time, it's a direct result of what our thought processes are. Toxic thoughts producing toxic emotions. That's not the life that God had for you. So let me give you three things. First thing is this. You can and should control what you think. You can and should control what you think. You can't control a lot about your life. You can't control where you're born. You can't control who your parents are. You can't control a lot about your life. But you can control, and you should control, how you think. Because we get caught in this vicious cycle, right? We get caught in this thing where, where um, uh, we have negative thoughts about ourselves. And every time you look in the mirror... You simply reinforce that negative thought about yourself. You have, you have uh, hateful thoughts about somebody else. And every time you see that person, all you do is you reinforce the thought about that person. And here's, and here's how your RAS works. Your RAS knows how you feel about that person. And so now it looks for supporting documentation. Now your RAS is going to watch their behavior and everything they do is filtered by your RAS based on the focus that you don't like them. They don't have a chance. They can be a really good person but because they screwed you, they are they're never going to look good in your mind. What I'm saying and now there are some people that just are not nice people. I get it. But don't damage yourself. Because you can't get over it. And maybe they need a chance. Those sinful thoughts that you can't control, they are a result of what you continually allow in your brain and what you focus on. You can control them, though. Paul was writing to, if he had a favorite church, I would have to think it was the church at Philippi. And he was writing to the Philippians And in the fourth chapter, he said this. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are, and then he gives them this long list of things to think about. I mean, tell me we're not supposed to control what we're thinking when you read this list of things that Paul told the Philippians to think about. He said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's where our thoughts are supposed to go. There's intentionality in that verse. Paul is saying, you make a decision on what you think about. You can and should You can and you should control your thoughts. My second big truth is this. It's not complicated. Garbage in, garbage out. You put a bunch of crap up in here, and that's what's going to come out. You hang around the wrong people, you're going to start acting like them. You watch the wrong stuff, it's going to start coming out. (laughs) Try being in front of people every Sunday and like using this all the time to communicate something. I got to be careful what I hear and what I say during the week. I already offend people. I don't want to add to it. It's like (laughs) It's, you know, and sometimes I go, ooh, wish I could have that one back. But what you watch who you spend time with, where you go, what you read, what you listen to, all of that affects who you are. And it's training your RAS to filter out bits of information that create your thoughts. Romans chapter 12, 2 says this. And this is just such a beautiful passage of Scripture. The verse before it talked about presenting ourselves to God, right? Right? And then it says this in verse 2, and be not conformed. That means to fashion yourself after. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. That's the word metamorphosis, like you know, a caterpillar into a butterfly. You need to become a completely different creature. By how? By the renewing of your mind. That word renewing is the word that we get renovation from. Don't you love those like renovation shows? Like um, what's the Chip and Joanna one? Fixer Upper. Yeah, so you got Fixer Upper. What's, what's, what's Chip's favorite day? Demo Day. That's what I'm saying. So when, when you're going to renovate your mind, when you're going to renew your mind, there has to be some demolition. You got to get rid of some stuff. Demo day. Now, don't leave it that way, okay? You got to rebuild. And by the way, just for all you people involved in real estate, it's not that easy, okay? HGTV is not reality TV, just to let you know. It's not that easy because I have that budget, and my house doesn't look like that. (laughs) Just saying, transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A couple thoughts about that that just came up with. First of all, you got to remove the harmful influences. And then second of all, you need to install helpful thoughts and practices. The renewing of your mind, garbage in, garbage out. Big truth number one, you can and should control what you think. Big thought number two, garbage in, garbage out. And big thought number three, what you focus on will grow. So, what you spend time thinking about all the time, whether it's how much you dislike her, whether it's how much you don't like yourself, whether it's your sinful thought life, or whether it's Jesus, what you think about will get bigger. It's going to grow. It's just human nature. It is how God made us. And where we focus our attention, your RAS is going to provide more data to support that information. I've ridden motorcycles most of my life. My first vehicle was a motorcycle at 16 years of age. One habit I've never been able to get out of is if there's something in the road, I'm probably going to hit it. If it's a rock or a dead animal, I'm probably gonna hit it. I have to really think hard. Because if I focus on it, then that's where I'm gonna end up. I'm gonna run right over it. So I have to like I train my mind to kind of like forget about I ever saw it. And then just like try and like go around it without looking at it. Because My wife rides with me now. She's really scared that she knows this about me. But it's like, if I see it in the road, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Every time. I have to like train myself not to see it. People say, I just know something bad's gonna happen. Something bad's probably gonna happen, right? Because you're focusing on that. So you're gonna see the negative. So something bad's gonna happen. When you start feeling negatively towards somebody, it's funny. It's like a switch, right? It's like a, it's like a switch. It's like um, if you go to a particular restaurant, and you can love it, and then they do one thing wrong, and then every time you go there, you start looking for them to do the same thing wrong again. It's like we can't help ourselves almost. We look for behavior to reinforce our bias. Instead of focusing on your problems, Focus on Jesus, because if you focus on the problems, the problems will just grow. How about focusing God's goodness? And if you focus on God's goodness in your life, you're going to see more of it. You ever go to a nursing home? And I know that there are always exceptions. But it's almost like a nursing home atmosphere seems to magnify whatever that personality was of that person. Right? They're either super sweet people <laughs> or not so much. Right, They're the same people that's just become magnified because of, they're in a place in life where they just focus on either the negative or they focus on the positive. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The idea is that he needs to be our focus. The verse before that talks about onlookers in heaven, looking at the life that we're living and what's going on. And we're supposed to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. My suggestion is where your focus ought to be, it ought to be on Jesus. Focusing on Jesus doesn't minimize the situation. It just maximizes him. Focusing on Jesus doesn't take the storm away. It simply helps you see the master of the sea. Focusing on Jesus doesn't remove the difficulty of the sin. It simply helps you see the sin killer, Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, we'll finish with this. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits On the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Focus, people. Focus on the right thing. Focus on the right person. And it changes. It has to. Change your mindset, which then changes your actions, and then changes the outcome. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for clear evidence from Scripture that you're working in our lives, and that you want to make something of the life that we have. And help us to recognize what that kingdom life needs to look like, the kingdom of God and the life that we enjoy. And help us to focus on you and the life that you want us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.